are listening to Radio Maria and it's now time for Catechesis. Today on Catechesis we are joined by Father Simon Blakesley who is here in the studio. Welcome Father Simon. Thanks very much Elizabeth. Father Simon is parish priest of St Lawrence's here in Cambridge and he is off tomorrow morning at 4am to Lourdes. Don't remind me. (laughs) And he has come to tell us all about Lourdes and um, and what it means for us and for the whole church. Father Simon, would you like to introduce yourself any further and please do tell us about Lourdes. I'm delighted to talk about Lourdes because there's lots of uh, people who think they know about Lourdes and I can say up till 35 years ago, I was one of those people who said, oh, I don't like Lourdes. But saying I don't like Lourdes when you've not been there is a bit like I've got a a Guinness sweatshirt on today. Lots of people would say, well, I don't like Guinness because I've never tried it. And I was just like that with Lourdes. I, I didn't like it because I'd never tried it. And then 35 years ago, in 1987, as a trainee priest for the diocese at the seminary at the time, uh, Bishop Alan Clark then asked all of the students to come to Cambridge for an event which was a diocesan synod. Does that sound familiar? Uh, It was called Together, and it was held just down the road here from the Radio Maria studios uh, in the grounds of St Bede's School. And we were billeted with different families uh, around the place. And one of the teachers at the school, in fact, the deputy head, was a wonderful man uh, called Colin Ball. And if you've ever met Colin, you, you would not forget him. But sadly, he died last year. But uh, his wife, Julie, and his family are still going strong. And they're still going to Lourdes. And... I was persuaded, shall we say, when Colin discovered that I had trained as a nurse, he said, you must meet my friend Jim Brown. I said, well, who's Jim Brown and where do I meet him? He said, well, he's the chief nurse on the Lord's Pilgrimage. And he'd love to meet you. Now, what Colin meant by that was that he'd love you to come and work in Lourdes for a week free of charge. In fact, you'd have to pay your own passage so that he can look after the pilgrims we take to Lourdes. I said, oh, when's this then? He said, it's the last week of August. And unfortunately, I was free. I couldn't say I wasn't. So I was dragged to Lourdes by... Colin and Julie Ball. Now, on Sunday, I said that in a slightly different way and got into trouble, so I'll be polite. And they took me um, with what is called the Catholic Association Pilgrimage. Now, that's a mouthful, but the Catholic Association was established. Um, I, the exact history of it is a little above my pay grade, but... They started taking uh, pilgrims to Lourdes uh, in, uh, I believe, the 40s and then the 50s. And as it grew and developed, um, it became uh, a multi-diocesan and multi-group pilgrimage. So when 
I first started going, there was the Diocese of Clifton, the Diocese of Northampton, the Diocese of Southwark, the Diocese of East Anglia, and the Diocese of Portsmouth, along with Stonyhurst College, uh, which is, as you may know, a large public school in Lancashire run by the Jesuits. And there were two children's groups, uh, one called the Gobs, the Grand Order of Babysitters, and there was also the newly established Glanfield Group, named after Father Frank Glanfield, who uh, was a priest of Northampton Diocese and always went to look after uh, the children's ward, as it was known. And he, along with others, decided that if you've got a, a child who is sick, the last thing they want to do is to go to Lourdes and be in hospital for a week. So they, uh, as many other children's groups going to Lourdes uh, do, they made sure that they had the medical and nursing attention they would need, but in a hotel setting, which was a lot more fun, a lot more relaxed, a lot more comfortable, and the food was better, which uh, is important even if you're young. So uh, that was the Glanfield Group, started um, by Father Frank and is continued uh, in his memory. So I was taken to Lourdes and um, I could regale you with stories about the uh, way in which we used to travel, which was by coach from Cambridge uh, to Dover and then by uh, ferry, Sea Link or Townsend Torreson or one of the other ferry companies uh, over to Calais or Boulogne, uh, particularly to Boulogne then because it used to have um, uh, a train station right on the quayside and you'd literally roll people off the ferry and onto the platform and they would then board uh, the night sleeper train which was especially uh, hired train to take our pilgrimage um, from Boulogne overnight down to Lourdes. And uh, that was quite an experience. Um, we don't do that now, um, although uh, perhaps in the future, uh, when some new rolling stock is available, that option um, in some form may become available again. Um, but uh, that was a great journey. It was certainly part of the pilgrimage in that it was a little bit penitential. I think every journey which is a true pilgrimage, um, the journey is not always five-star comfort. The journey and um, the being tired and sometimes um, exhausted uh, because of the journey is a part of the pilgrimage. But obviously people who are frail, people who are unwell, um, you need to get them uh, to their pilgrimage destination without getting too tired, which is now uh, why we uh, use uh, flights more or less exclusively for uh, people who are uh, unwell or um, plain elderly and need to get to Lourdes quickly so as not to get too exhausted by the journey. Um, it's exhausting enough as it is to be um, 
got up early in the morning and taken to Stansted Airport. Then you get through Stansted Airport onto the plane and then you're welcomed in Lourdes by wonderful um, members of what is called the Hospitalité. Um, and that's just a, a huge group of constant volunteers from all sorts of places all over uh, Great Britain, all over Europe. Uh, they are members who uh, do a week of what is called stage. That's the French word for a, a, a chunk of time uh, spent in the service of uh, pilgrims coming to Lourdes. And they uh, welcome you at the airport and put you on these special buses to take you from the airport into Lourdes to the uh, hotels. Or there are two specialised buildings which people say, oh, it's the hospital. But again, as I said earlier, people don't want to go on holiday and spend a week in a hospital. Uh, and although uh, we do take people who need uh, nursing and medical care, we try and create uh, a different sort of welcome. And in fact, the French word for those buildings is welcome, the accueil, the welcome of Our Lady, to embrace all of these people coming to spend time with our Blessed Mother in Lourdes, and they are known as the two Akai, the Akai Saint-Frey and the Akai Notre-Dame. Um, and they are purpose-built, in fact, in the 35 years, 35 years that I've been going to Lourdes, both of these buildings have been completely rebuilt and uh, are now offering a, a very modern, um, good standard of accommodation. Now, I've been rattling on for quite a while, so if we're ready with the first hymn, I'll just set the scene for you. Um, when I first went to Lourdes, as I said, we went on the train, and uh, at about six o'clock in the morning, um, the train would come into the station in Bordeaux, and bags of fresh baguette would be loaded onto the train and you could smell this wonderful French bread. And that was for the breakfast. So you had to then serve breakfast to everybody on the train and give out the bread and go down the corridors with a, I mean, health and safety would go wild these days, with these tea urns to give out um, hot tea uh, to everybody on the train. And so from Bordeaux onto Lourdes, it's about another two hours. So about eight o'clock in the morning, this old couchette train with these hospital, three hospital cars would uh, pull in uh, to Lourdes. And if you've ever come into Lourdes by train, you will know the first thing you see on your right out of the carriage window is the, the, the grotto itself and the huge upper uh, basilica and the rosary basilica. And as you came into uh, view of the grotto, you'd begin to sing the Lord hymn. And this is what we're going to listen to now. And for me, I'm on that train, leaning out of the window, absolutely exhausted because you don't sleep terribly well on any couchette train. I, I defy anybody to sleep well on a couchette train. And you're arriving in Lourdes and you're singing this hymn.
This is Radio Maria. You're listening to Catechesis and we are joined by Father Simon Blakesley, who is here in the studio telling us such evocative and wonderful stories about going to Lourdes and the early days. Back over to you, Father Simon. Thank you very much, Elizabeth. Probably you're saying, well, I'm not sure where Lourdes is. It's actually in the foothills of the Pyrenees in southwest France. Um, it's a, a beautiful part of the world. Um, it, it really does my soul good to see mountains, and obviously at this time of the year they're snow-capped. And uh, in the winter, um, flying out to this part of the world, there are people going skiing up in the uh, mountains at Gavani and Berege. Um, so it's uh, a superb um, part of France, apart from, obviously, the, the draw of the grotto at Lourdes. Um, and the history of Lourdes uh, is it's always fascinating, and you can always learn more about it and be amazed by the simplicity of St. Bernadette, whom I love. Oh, she is just such a great individual because she is so little. She she is literally little. If you've ever been to uh, Nevers, which is in the middle of France, in the Loire Valley, um, it's the place where Bernadette went um, to join the convent um, after her celebrity, as it were, in the middle of the 19th century, um, she became a sister um, and uh, sadly um, she died quite young in her mid-30s because she had always had, had a, a weak chest um, and uh, she was, uh, her body has remained uh, incorrupt and it is uh, in a glass case in a side chapel in, in the convent chapel in Nevers and you can visit her there and uh, if you go early enough in the morning when the chapel has just opened you can often be completely on your own until other people start coming in. Um, it's certainly worth a, a visit um, if you're traveling independently um, or if you're planning a a group pilgrimage, always ask the tour operator, particularly if you're travelling by coach, um, whether it would be possible to include a stop at Nevers or on the way down or the way back uh, to Lourdes. Anyway, I, I digress. But Bernadette is uh, the key to understanding what was being revealed through her in Lourdes. Um, and she was given a message for the church, for the world. And she was told to go and to tell the priests. Now, remember that Bernadette didn't speak French. Now you're thinking, that's impossible. What, what do you mean she didn't speak French? Well, in that part of um, the Pyrenees, the local dialect was... Uh, uh, cross between Spanish, Basque, um, and it was very particular to each valley in the um, 
foothills of the Pyrenees. So even if you traveled uh, 20 miles away to the next valley, uh, you may not really understand the language being spoken because it was such um, a local uh, speciality, as it were. Um, so Bernadette spoke the local patois, the local um, dialect, and she found French very difficult to learn. And there's one lovely story. It was told that there was this small book that was given to all of the, the children in the school, which was uh, basically a primer of French grammar. And um, all of the children had to learn the contents of this small book. And eventually, in frustration, uh, Bernadette put the book down on the desk and said to the sister, I'm sorry, sister, you're just going to have to shove that book inside my head. That's the only way I'm going to learn it. Of course, the sister didn't, but it was a sign that Bernadette was, she was the simplest of uh, souls, but she knew that she was being asked by our Blessed Lady to do something important, to tell the priests, tell the priests. She could hardly uh, speak proper French, so when she went to see the parish priest, she always took somebody else from the family with her, a cousin or a friend, so that she would be able to uh, express what she had experienced uh, in the grotto at Massa Biel. Now, we now see the grotto, um, and th there are lots of pictures of it, and there are little plastic statues of the uh, statue that is there now in the grotto. <laughs> By the way, another wonderful story of Bernadette, when this brilliant sculptor called Fabiche was commissioned to uh, produce a statue of Our Lady, um, uh, it was presented to Bernadette, and Bernadette said, doesn't look anything like her. And, uh, in fact, um, uh, I think... The, the nearest likeness to our Blessed Lady uh, in any statue, um, I believe, is one that is in the convent garden in Nevers, where, uh, as I said, Bernadette uh, entered the religious life uh, and was a sister. However, back to the grotto in Lourdes. Um, before the banks were built up, it was just uh, a cave at the side of the river, which often flooded, and driftwood, old trees, and all sorts of rubbish um, thrown out uh, of the town. Remember, there were no <laughs> proper sewers or um, drainage systems at that time, and everything was just thrown into the garve, into the river, and flowed down, and uh, it was a good thing for the local hygiene when they had a good flood, because it meant that all the muck and the rubbish was flushed down the river. But in between times, in this cave at Massabiel, there would be a lot of driftwood. And uh, Bernadette's family, the Subiru family, um, were really uh, on the margins of poverty. They were nearly in the French equivalent of the workhouse. And they were allowed, um, because Bernadette's uh, father worked uh, in the local mill, at the Bowley Mill, and 
he just about scraped a living. And they were living in the old prison. So you can imagine this was not uh, the most commodious uh, and pleasant accommodation. It was quite cold and damp, which was part of the reason for Bernadette's uh, bad respiratory condition. Um, and to get firewood, they simply had to scavenge. And that's what Bernadette was doing on that day in 1858, on the 11th of February, 1858, she was out scavenging for firewood uh, alongside the river and near the cave of Massabiel. And she heard a rustling and she thought, that's not the wind. And she looked up and saw a beautiful lady. And the lady didn't say anything, but she could see that the lady had uh, a rosary in her hand. So Bernadette put her hand into a, her own pocket and brought out her own rosary and began to say the rosary along with this beautiful woman. She didn't hear anything, but she saw the lady's lips move and they prayed the rosary together. And Bernadette went back to the grotto a further 17 times over about the next six months. And she began to speak of the experience she had had of seeing this beautiful woman. And people began to take an interest. They think, you know, is this girl mad? You know, is she um, having some kind of breakdown? Or is she having a real religious experience? And so what I was fascinated to realise is that by the time of the third or fourth um, apparition, there were lots of people <laughs> alongside her also looking at the same space, also looking up to this cleft in the rock in the cave at Massabiel. But only Bernadette was seeing the beautiful lady. And she began to develop this conversation, this conversation of grace and of understanding, that she was being asked to call the church, to call the priests, um, to do some very simple things, to come in procession, uh, to build a chapel, uh, and to wash in the water. Um, and that was something that... Um, Bernadette found very strange because um, at the time there wasn't any water and she was told to dig in the dirt. Now, this was a muddy river and whatever else she was uh, supposed to do, uh, digging in the dirt by the side of the river wasn't going to please her mother because she'd <laughs> go back looking as if she'd been mud wrestling. Um, but eventually water began to flow, clear water, and that water you can still see to this day if you go into the uh, grotto, into the cave in Lourdes, under a perspex shield, that water is still flowing. And um, over the years, they, they've built up huge reservoirs back in, in the cliff. Um, but learned... Um, hydrologists and, and uh, geographers have, have tried to understand 
where this water comes from and they still don't understand why it never runs out and where actually it comes from in the local geological structure. Uh, there's no reason why it should be flowing so consistently and so purely. It's just one of those fascinating things about Lourdes. It's um, quite a, um, a unique natural uh, sign, uh, the sign of water. And to come and wash, and of course, until recently, one of the, the greatest things that you could do in Lourdes was actually to bathe in the waters uh, in the, uh, as they're called, of course, in French, piscine, the swimming pools, or they're, they're almost like graves, individual cubicles with a granite grave in it, full of Lourdes water, and um, you, you were able to just strip down. Uh, basically, you took all your clothes off, in a modest way, of course, and then you had a, a cold green wrap put around you, like sort of uh, a surgical wrap, and you would be led down into the water. Then two helpers, um, broncadier, either side, would lower you down into the water and then raise you up again. Um, and it's a great moment to um, resonate with our own baptism. And the most important part I felt of that was you put yourself in the hands of others and you were a bit like a baby in a bath again. You were being bathed by others and you allowed yourself to be uh, in their hands. And it was a very, um, for me, and I hope it will be again when the, the various COVID restrictions are lifted, um, we'll be able to go back to um, going to Lourdes and experiencing uh, being a child again uh, in the baths, because I think that's a very important part of the message of Lourdes, um, to wash in the waters, to, to celebrate our baptism um, as something that we positively choose for ourselves. Um, and Lourdes is full of um, a natural understanding of the motherhood of Mary um, because the, the natural um, amphitheater of the grotto coming to that, um, that cave, that cleft in the rock where the statue stands, all of those things speak of uh, the motherhood and the love of Mary. And then there is the outpouring of the Lord water, which is uh, a wonderful resonance with our baptism. And I've got another um, hymn that I've uh, asked you to, to um, put on, is the what they call the New Lord Hymn. It's only because it was written after the first Lord Hymn um, we heard. Um, but the English translation, just a little um, personal um, memory of Monsignor Raymond Lawrence, who was uh, a priest of the Diocese of Portsmouth. And he was the first director of the Catholic Association pilgrimage that I knew. And he was a great man in every sense. Raymond was a large man. Um, and uh, he enjoyed his, um, his food and his drink. But he loved Our Lady and he loved Lourdes. And he did an awful lot of work with the musicians uh, in Lourdes, with Father Jean-Paul Lecaux, um, and with the other Lourdes 
musicians and liturgists, and he made sure that all of the English translations of the hymns and the the prayers uh, celebrated during the Mass and during the various processions in, in Lourdes, he made sure that the English was was correct and, and powerful. And uh, when he was on the microphone, you surely knew it. Um, Lord, we thank you. Um, I can always uh, hear Raymond um, at that microphone and leading uh, the people of the Catholic Association pilgrimage in prayer. But he translated, he made the English translation of the new Lord hymn, Holy Virgin by God's Decree. listening to Radio Maria. This is Catechesis. Today we're joined by Father Simon Blakesley, who is guiding us through pilgrimage to Lourdes and a history of Lourdes and St. Bernadette. And we will be opening the phone lines later. So if you have any questions for Father Simon, I'll give you the number now 
01223755564. After the next song, you will be able to call in. Uh, now, Father Simon is going to give us the practicalities of how to get to Lourdes. Father Simon. Thank you, Elizabeth. Yes, you're probably thinking, well, how do I go? How do I get there? Um, most uh, dioceses run uh, an annual Lord pilgrimage. I'm conscious that I'm sitting here in Cambridge, part of the Diocese of East Anglia, and we're part of the Catholic Association pilgrimage. But as they say, other pilgrimages are available. Um, and the uh, our travel partners are Tangney Tours, um, who... Uh, really go back an awfully long way with Catholic Association and it's a bit chicken and the egg which came first tiny tours or or Catholic Association but the uh, the current uh, operation at tiny tours uh, is uh, run by uh, Nick Tangney um, who is kind of third generation in that his grandfather uh, Tom Tangney uh, was the one of the first um, medical uh, directors of the Catholic Association pilgrimage. And he was a GP from uh, Blackheath in uh, southeast London, and he happened to be the GP of one uh, Father Alan Clark, who was, uh, before he became uh, auxiliary bishop in Northampton and then the first bishop of East Anglia, he was the parish priest in Blackheath. So there's a kind of family history um, that goes back there. And... Um, uh, his son, John Tangney, um, who is still very much involved with uh, Tangney Tours, um, he uh, kept the uh, CA um, going, as it were, through uh, providing the, first of all, as I mentioned, uh, chartering the trains, and uh, you could fly if you wanted to, um, but in the mid-90s, when the trains, for various practical reasons, um, were no longer available or uh, seen as, as probably the best way to travel, uh, then he uh, organised chartered flights um, from various places in um, England um, to take pilgrims to, to Lourdes. Um, so the, the details of each... Uh, Diocesan pilgrimage should be available by uh, going to your diocesan website. But if you want to look at uh, Catholic Association, all lowercase, all one word, .co.uk, or Tangney hyphen, uh, just little dash tours, um, dot com, uh, that will uh, get you the information and obviously Tangney Tours uh, support. Uh, many other diocesan pilgrimages, um, and uh, they are um, uh, very experienced uh, in getting people to Lourdes and getting people back again. And, uh, you know, if anything, God forbid, should go wrong during the pilgrimage, um, they are very uh, good at making sure that either family can travel out or if people have to go into hospital, um, they're looked after and then transported safely home. I remember um, one of our priests became ill during uh, one of the uh, pilgrimages, I think back in the early 2000s, and uh, I flew home in an air ambulance um, 
with this priest uh, to make sure he got home safely. So there, there are all sorts of things that um, can happen, and uh, tiny tours look after us very well. So uh, the organization is uh, what I'm going to um, Lourdes for um, tomorrow, in fact. The French call it Le Planning, a lovely piece of franglais there. And all of the pilgrimage directors from all over Europe, from uh, North America, um, from especially from Scotland, Ireland, from England, everybody comes for these few days around the feast of Our Lady of Lourdes on the 11th of February, which is, of course, on that day, because that was the day of the first apparition back in 1858. Um, and we look at the theme for the year. Um, this year is uh, Our Lady's instruction to Bernadette, go and tell the priests, which is interesting in this uh, time of synodal process that sometimes lay people have to say to the clergy, this is what we want or this is what we need. So having the courage to find the voice to say, tell the priests, it's, uh, it's an important part of uh, the Lord message that sometimes the church doesn't run top down. Sometimes it comes from the roots and the roots of faith, uh, particularly uh, in uh, Our Lady and understanding her message through Bernadette to the world. So the Catholic Association has uh, a wonderful group of um, doctors and nurses who uh, allow people who may otherwise think, oh, I can't really go, am I well enough? Um, there's a well-organized system of uh, medical assessments, and if you contact the Catholic Association, uh, they will send you uh, the necessary booking forms, which also involve you getting um, information from your own GP uh, and making sure that your GP is happy for you to travel, um, particularly by air, and um, they will also advise in the light of COVID-19. Um, as you can imagine, many, everybody is, as it were, I was going to say in the same boat or on the same plane. Uh, we are all having to make sure that our um, COVID response is coherent and we're fit to fly. I had to uh, do a test, PCR test yesterday and to fly tomorrow. And um, so I'll be off, um, fit to fly, and uh, the whole of the Catholic Association will be uh, gearing up for our pilgrimage, as I said, uh, right back at the beginning. When do we go to Lourdes? It's the last week of August. So this year, that means it's from the 19th to the 26th of August. We always travel Friday to Friday, but we never actually go into September because that causes trouble with our wonderful helpers, many of whom are involved as teachers or indeed as students in school, and uh, they need to be back in time to return to school in September. So that's why we use the last week of August. Um, it's not ideal in some ways. In other ways, it is because... 
uh, people, if they have been doing any summer jobs, they can finish that job and have the last week of their uh, school holiday uh, helping in Lourdes, which is great. And uh, now, actually, the A-level results come out before that time. It used to be uh, quite uh, chaotic before the days of uh, email and mobile phones, people getting their A-level results in the middle of Lourdes um, and having to go through um, UCA clearing. You remember that uh, traumatic time of your life. Anyway, now we have um, a great group of young people who come to help. Um, traditionally, uh, St Mary's School here in Cambridge have had a, a group coming um, and a number of the members of staff at St Mary's are our regular mu musicians. Um, and we have connections, as I've said before, with uh, Stonyhurst and with, uh, in other dioceses, other schools, make sure there's a, there's a good tradition of young people coming to help in Lourdes. And other dioceses have other groups um, who... Uh, their youth groups come to help in Lourdes and it really is a very important um, thing to to see how much young people get out of being with older people and seeing their faith. I remember one young person said to me, Father, I didn't realise that people who were so ill could be so happy. And that was something that that uh, she had seen uh, in her experience of helping um, the elderly have this time of pilgrimage. Um, it's not the most comfortable journey. Um, it would be silly to, to suggest that it's going to be easy. But a lot of people I know, obviously the last two years, we haven't been able to go. And there is a build-up of people saying, no, Father, can we come to Lourdes this year? Um, you know, will it be possible? And we are going to make sure, insofar as is possible, if you want to come to Lourdes, um, we will do our best to get you there. Um, so either contact uh, us through the Catholic Association or indeed your own diocesan pilgrimage or contact uh, Nicholas at Tangney Tours, uh, and their phone number. Uh, also, if you want to get in touch by phone rather than by email, is 01732 01732886666. So that's to get in touch with Tangney Tours, who are our preferred travel partners. Thank you, Father Simon. And listeners might remember that we had Nicholas from Tangney Tours on. He was one of the first guests on our new programme, Just Life, in the autumn. And he was talking about travel, travel restrictions. Travel was just opening up at the time. And he spoke in particular about going to Lourdes and the Holy Land. So perhaps it's time to rebroadcast that because he spoke so beautifully about the effect having a pilgrimage uh, can have on your life. If you have a question for Father Simon, please don't hesitate to call. The number is 01223 375 564. 01223 375 564. And we'll listen to some music. 
let me put them straight on air. Hello, can you hear us? Yes, hello. Hello, <laughs> hello Father hello, Andreas. Father Simon. Oh. Simon, can you hear me? I oh, can. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for your talk and for your coming to Radio Maria and uh, to share this important, I think, important uh, experience with uh, with Lourdes. Yeah, it's it's really uh, one of the um, uh, important, how to say, uh, aspects of our of 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 our Marianity. Yes, in our mm. time, Lourdes. Yep. And uh, I want to share my experience with Lourdes. I, I don't know exactly, but I think I was three or four times in Lourdes, but uh, the the most um, impressive thing for me is uh, every time is uh, is the crot and to pray there on the crot on this 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 place uh, where the statue of uh, of Mary is and uh, this this lampstand uh, for the for the candles mm. and uh, that for me for me personally uh, uh, there was always such an uh, experience of peace yeah of mm. of an uh, of a calm atmosphere atmosphere of of prayer and and peace it's a little bit like um, yeah you have the you have this uh, this source this fountain you have the water you can hear the water uh, but it's uh, it's uh, it's um, more uh, to deep innerly into an atmosphere of of peace um, of being embraced. I don't. I, I cannot say uh, it. Uh, I don't have the words for. But maybe you can. Mm. Uh, you know what I. What I mean. I know precisely what you mean, and a lot of people um, talk about uh, late at night if they've been out having. You know, there are plenty of cafes and restaurants in Lourdes. Um, and people have uh, a good social life as well. But then they talk about doing a grot trot, which means you trot down to the grot. Um, and you just go and have some time um, just sitting mm. quietly with peace. Uh, hopefully it will be quiet and the Lord's authorities work very hard to make it a very quiet place. And that's mm. not always easy. Um, and it's uh, always, particularly at the early hours of the morning, that's probably the best time to be there. Mm -hmm. Because you'll never be alone. I mean, uh, I would imagine probably during the winter, there may be a time when there's nobody praying at the grotto. But during the summer, for the whole night long, there will be somebody else there with you praying uh, before Our Lady's statue. And mm. it, it's it's an incredible place where people go and they touch the rock. Now, I have to say, sometimes I put my purist hat on and say, look, you know, our lady didn't say come and touch the rock. But as it were, her presence is so much from the earth. Um, she is in this cleft in the rock. And as it were, she she is part of this beautiful creation and in in touching the rock, it's as if we're we're touching the womb again. We're saying we want to be born of Mary as her children, and so therefore we're going to come here, and we're going to feel the presence of of our blessed Mother in the very rock itself. Um, and it, it's a wonderful part of people's um, 
it's a very tactile place, is Lourdes. Um, you, you go there to be touched and, and to touch um, mm. without any words. Thank you. And another, another element is you, you kneel down on, uh, on this grot and praying and be silent. And at the same moment, uh, the, the river yeah, is, yes. <laughs> is, is flowing by. So you have the, the, the two elements yeah. Yeah, to, be, to be still. And at the same moment, it's Pantare. It's uh, how to say the the river is flowing. Yeah, yes. it's flowing and flowing. The time is yeah. passing, and yeah. that's also uh, uh, an interesting dynamic. Uh, very interesting yeah. dynamic. Uh, yeah, it's thank you. It's a, a wonderful place, but sometimes remember overhearing a conversation between two people who had come to Lourdes, and there was this young Irish woman, and she obviously was not impressed. And her husband was trying to explain to her, uh, you know, the story of Lourdes. And she was heard to say, you mean to say that our blessed lady spoke to some agent peasant girl in this dump? And uh, her husband said, yeah, that's about it. Our blessed lady spoke to some Egypt peasant girl in this dump. And that was what... Uh, is important that a young girl um, was open enough to our blessed lady to hear what she was saying and she had the courage to go and tell the priest what our lady had said to her and uh, Bernadette is, is just such a wonderful saint because once she'd done her job um she knew that she had to grow smaller. And she had that wonderful saying is that when God has finished sweeping with the broom, he puts it back in the cupboard. And Bernadette knew that when she went to Nevers to go and join the convent, God had done what he needed to do through her and she was happy to be the broom put back in the cupboard. Yeah, and she suffered a lot uh, yeah. at the end of her life. And a yes. long, a long time she was very, very, very ill. Yeah? It yeah. was a really, a really a passion. So it was the hidden, yeah. hidden passion of Bernadette. But I don't want to uh, to hinder other people to call in or to to give their experience. Thank, Thank you. you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, and Father Andreas. Thank you, Father Andreas. Let me put them straight on air. Hello, can you hear us? It's Rowan. Hello, Rowan. Thank you for calling in. You're you're on air, and Father Simon can hear you. Hi, Rowan. Hi. Have a good time in France. I'll um, do my best. It's, it's exciting to hear you on the radio. Well, I, it's, it's quite exciting to be on the radio, Rowan. You should try it sometime. I'm sure they'll let you loose one day. Light a candle for us in, in France. I will light several candles for you in the grotto in Lourdes and uh, we will pray for you all. Thank, Thank you, you. God bless. Bye. Thank you, Rowan, for calling Bye. in. Thank you, Rowan. Father Simon, I do have my own question. I don't think you mentioned about the plunging into the water, uh, mm. the healing waters. Is that something, because I've never been to Lourdes, is that something that's easy to do? Do you have to be a qualified ill person? Can you do it if you are able to do it can you do it every day how, how does that work uh how does that work well um as i mentioned because of covid now the the full plunge is not available um they are doing only a, a limited 
geste de l'eau, a, a water gesture where you can wash your hands and your face, um, which is really all that our Blessed Lady asked for. She said, come wash in the waters. She didn't say, you know, um, get all your kit off and, and be plunged into a, a granite cold sarcophagus full of water and, and uh, symbolise death and resurrection, although that is what it has become. Um, the Anybody uh, can go in. There are um, particular bath cubicles set aside for people who are ill, pour les malades. Um, but you can queue. Um, in. There's a, a special awning, a canopy that's just been made new. It looks a bit like sort of a bit of Stansted Airport has landed in Lourdes. Um, and uh, you can sit there and wait. And I have to say that the women's queue is always longer and you have to get there earlier if you're a woman. And the men's queue is, is just a little bit quicker. And I have to confess that if you wear one of these things, waves plastic collar, um, you get in quicker because they normally, and rightly, priests are often um, you know, trying to get everything packed into the day uh, in Lourdes. So in normal times, uh, everybody can go to the baths and if you wanted to, you could go every day. Um, however, um, you have to go early uh, if you're a lady, because there are lots of ladies. I'm not saying they're all from Italy, but a lot of them are. <laughs> Thank you so much, Father Simon. That's just so fascinating. And we wish you all the best for your 4am departure <gasps> tomorrow. Stansted. Direct to Lourdes, thank uh, you. No, it's Heathrow, actually. <laughs> oh, Heathrow, sorry. Well, we, we, we fly uh, Stansted in the summer, but um, it, there's not enough people going uh, this time of year, so it's a, it's a Heathrow to Toulouse well, flight. Well, bon, bon voyage, Merci. and thank you so much for joining us here today. Thank you. A bientôt.